Folks, this is an introduction to the introduction of the podcast because Katie and I just got done recording this week's episode and then I realized that our microphones were not actually picking up our audio. Just the computer microphone was picking it up. And so the audio quality is not what you're probably used to, but we decided to keep the episode anyway because we really enjoyed recording it. We really liked the conversation and we were like, is there any way to do that over again and have it be as fun and spontaneous and heartfelt? And we looked at each other and we looked at each other and we were like, no, it's impossible for it to be as genuine if we, without it being spontaneous, like it just was. And so this is the introduction to this week's episode. Please, I please, please apologize to us for the audio you're about to hear. No, I'm saying that I'm apologizing to you and please forgive us for the audio quality that you're about to hear, but hopefully you guys can still get some helpful tidbits from this episode. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Okay, here we go. But now that we're a family podcast, welcome back to the podcast. Before we start today's episode, I've got a question to ask each one of you. If you're married, would you rather your marriage get worse, stay the same, or get better? When I ask Katie that question, she responds by saying she would prefer for it to become better. And so we're going to do this episode with the assumption that that's the answer that you are giving us as well. In all seriousness, Katie and I have recently been talking about uh, this, I guess, this thing that people talk about, the seven-year itch, you know, in marriage where apparently it becomes dull or marriages start to fail oftentimes. And we're like, well, boy, we're getting ready for year seven of our marriage. What can we do to keep our marriage fun and exciting and fulfilling and ultimately better, make it better? What can we do to make it better? Well, Elisha was giving me a rundown before we started this podcast on what we've been doing for the last few weeks because he's like, I think we should probably give people an update on the podcast. And I was like, what have we done? I have nothing to update people on. And then he started giving me a list and I was like, wow, we have been pretty busy this summer. Yeah, I feel, yeah, it's like a midsummer update and it has been a busy summer, but oftentimes with busy seasons, it's hard to quantify or to really measure backwards and see what you've done, what you've been doing. And so we thought we'd give you guys a brief update on things pertaining like to not so much of our personal. I mean, we'll give you some personal life updates, I guess, if anybody cares about those. But primarily... <laughs> like, I think mainly, like, as far as the personal life, this summer has gone a lot better for me hmm. because Elisha has taken, like, a solid chunk of the social burden that comes this summer and a solid chunk of the, well, like all of this chunk of the work burden that comes with summer this year, which has been huge for me because last year we were both just totally run ragged Mm. uh, with the social obligations, like, you know, quadrupling in these months and then work obligations being really heavy last summer for me. And this year it's kind of different because I cleared my plate like a month ago. I'm just chilling and taking naps and just having a <laughs> lazy summer, hanging out with the kids. I do not think you could qualify your <laughs> summer as being lazy. It's been very relaxed, and it's the first summer in a while that I've had a really relaxed summer, and that's thanks to you, so I really appreciate it. And Elisha's also been going to a lot of the events that um, we would have probably brought our whole family to last year, but we just felt like it was a little too much wear and tear happening last summer, and so he's just been showing up as our... Um, ambassador 
to some of these things. And so we've been able to be a little bit more selective as to what we're bringing the family to. So that's contributed to just a lot more rest. I'm glad you feel that way. And I mean, if anybody knows Katie, you know that she's not one to just kick her feet up and do nothing, even if she has the ability, you know, or the freedom to do, to do that. Cause maybe you aren't working on things that are like deadline required or as, um, like pressure cooked as you were this time last year, but you're always creating, you're always working with the kiddos and you're doing a lot, you're doing a lot more, uh, projects and activities that aren't as seen by maybe people on online or they're not as heard about, you know, this podcast. Um, so you're, you're always working your face off and growing and definitely being a blessing to our entire home. Well, that's sweet to hear from you. Well, it's sweet of you to be that way. Tell you what, (laughs) uh, but with other things, yeah, Yeah. I mean, Katie launched her homeschool course, which was a huge win. You, you, you kind of alluded to last month. Amazing. Yeah. We had 200 women sign up, which is incredible. The feedback from that has been so good. So that just makes me really happy that a lot of you are considering homeschooling or have found new things to apply to your current homeschool, new ideas and systems and way to do things. So that just makes me really happy. Um, the enrollment is still open even though the launch week is over um, and it'll be open until this fall. So there's no rush to jump in there if you're kind of curious about what it's all about. But that was a big blessing to, yes. to launch that. And that was, that was my last launch for the rest of your life for the rest of my no. life no, <laughs> for, for a big season. So it was really encouraging that that went well. And then I guess another thing as far as the, um, like kind of what I did and what I closed was I launched this membership program on the back end of the Get It All Done Club, and it was called The Mavens. And I'm really grateful all the women are still in that group, but I shut down the content creation for that group. Mm. So I'm no longer adding new content. It's no longer a paid thing. And um, that just took a lot off my plate. Mm. Elisha and I thought, oh, it'd be cool. I have all these ideas, right? And I thought, oh, I really would love a place to share them um, and work alongside women more individually. But it just wasn't the right season for our family life and for our marriage. And my brain was really taken up with that group as much as I loved it. Mm. So we had an incredible couple of months over there. But um, closing that down did give... A lot of free space in our life so that was a good thing that we said no to even though it was kind of like saying no to the good to say yes to the best kind yes. of situation so still grateful for all the girls in there though and we're staying in touch yeah yeah that was ultimately a, a total win but i'm so grateful you know you had the ability to kind of pull back from that and to free up that time once again yeah all the ladies were so gracious so you're a maven Thank you guys for being so gracious with me being uh, feeling the need to just pull back from that. Yeah, if you're a maven, you need to. It's like it's becoming all the more exclusive that you are even able to get in because it's probably never ever going to be <laughs> available again. So I was just like, if I was saying it, that was the one time that's ever going to be. Yeah, we'll see. That's partially true. Yeah, it's partially true. Okay, so Katie, how did this discussion around marriage and all Wait, this stuff? Wait, are you going to give any updates on your end? If you want, what, what do you want an update on? Well, you did the growth initiative call. Oh, I did. You're right. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So the growth (laughs) initiative is a six week program, but there's also a quarterly call that comes with that. So we've got like a more intensive six week program, but then there's follow up calls every quarter after that six weeks. And we had one of our quarterly calls just last, or let's see this. Yeah. Just this week. week. And it was awesome. It's crazy how 
I'm so prone to thinking like, ah, this is not the right timing. It's so busy. People's summers are busy. My summer's busy. Do we really have the time? Is it really worth taking the time to devote towards, you know, vision casting and assessing our goals and our progress and tracking where we were three months ago and what we, where we want to be three months from now? And yes, the answer is like, yes. If you're feeling like it's not, at least for me, if I'm feeling like it's not a good use of my time, it, it's almost like all the more important for me to put time into looking to the future, putting some things down on paper, evaluating the past, and then you know assessing where I'm currently at, and then hearing from other men and seeing their growth and the projects that they're working on and the growth that they're working towards is always so inspirational and puts so much wind in my sails, um, which, I mean, yeah. Nothing. What more can you ask? What more can you ask for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been really grateful. I've said this before, but I'm really grateful for your husbands that are in the growth initiative. I'm talking clearly to the wives here, uh, because it's an incredible group of men, and mm. I'm so grateful that Elisha has the ability to stay in touch with mm. all these guys yes, and to work through too. things with them. I just me think too. it's such a cool opportunity. So that happened, and then oh, I guess the last thing we wanted to update you guys on. This isn't really an update, but. Um, here on the podcast, we've kind of not been recording real time because of the whole like interviews and then, I mean, this, this podcast, we are recording the week that it is releasing, but it's kind of like hit and miss yes. for us as far as like when these are coming out. So as far as like real time, what we're doing, uh, the top five Tuesday email is where you guys can see on a weekly basis, what we're doing as our family and kind of behind the scenes of what life looks like. Yes, yeah, that's a good point because those emails are always in in real time. Like it's catching. It's I'm talking about stuff we're learning or doing or working on that that week. Yeah, and why I'm bringing this up is because we've talked about this shift before, but we are going to be headed back into a shift on our Instagram, which is where I share a lot of the like real life updates, behind the scenes stuff like that of our family life, and we think we're just going to pull back from that and make it more of just a um, professional front <laughs> and less of a our home life that situation. There will yeah. just be a lot less of that going on. And so really the email is the only place we want where we want the majority of that going out. Yeah. So there's going to be a shift. Um, and, that, and that's a goal we've had for a while. But whenever life gets really busy, it's really easy for me to kick back into like, yes. oh, I'll just share what's going on today because that takes no creative energy. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a good update. I think that is pretty accurate to where we currently are and where we, definitely where we want to be going yeah. as well. And then We well, really want to shift away from... And this has been our heart, you know, since getting off YouTube and all that, away from the kids being a big part of what we share publicly. Yes, exactly. Although we're so proud of them, and I just love to show them. And Oh, yeah, me yeah, too. So. They are, yeah, I, I love doing stuff with them and yeah. seeing them learn new things and sharing that too. Um, and then one last thing before, wow, this is quite the update. Well, when you said update, it's like, and you took you that to heart. That stuff. Yeah. yeah, you took it to heart. Uh, I wanted to say thank you, everyone for the ratings and the reviews on iTunes. Our, this is, it's crazy. This is the first time in the lot, what with this podcast is what, almost four years old. We've been doing this for almost four years. And every week we are consistently either in the top 50 or the top 100 for that week's episode or the overall podcast. And that's so much, that's not on so much. Charts. Yeah, on iTunes charts. And uh, that's 100% thank you to you guys. It's just thanks to you guys for the ratings and the reviews, for you know subscribing, and then for sharing it on whatever platforms you know you choose to share it on. That's a huge blessing to us uh, because I know that we've enjoyed doing this podcast. Uh, 
since the beginning. Like it's been a win when there was 10 listeners, you know, or a hundred listeners or whatever. Um, but it's so much more of a win on like, it like helps provide for us now, you know, when there's more and more listeners and people are sharing it. And so it's just a huge blessing to Katie and I, and we're really grateful that, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, we're seeing this growth in the listeners. So thank you all. Yeah, that makes us really happy. We're thankful for all you guys. So this whole seven-year itch thing, it can really happen at any time in marriage. It's not like seven years is this magical stage where all of a sudden you start feeling this boredom in marriage and things are just humdrum. Or maybe you're running up against the same problems over and over and over and over. And it's like, we're never going to get through to the, mm-hmm. we're never going to get through these. We're never going to have resolve. Uh, So what's kind of the point? And so I think it's important to realize, like, before even going into this conversation, like, it can happen in six months into your marriage. This Hmm. can happen 10 years into your marriage. You can go through multiple cycles of this, you know, seven-year itch where you're feeling this lack of novelty in your marriage. So I thought I'd just, like, put some words to this Hmm. because the seven-year itch is kind of big. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I had never heard of it when you brought it up. So, my friends, what's funny is I had a gal bring it up. I think when we were like three years married, oh. and she was like, "I feel like we just went through the seven-year itch, and we've been married for five years." And I was like, "What's the hat?" Yeah. <laughs> and so, but it kind of makes sense. Like, okay, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read here, kind of something, some language that I put to it. Yes. Okay. okay. So, Let's hear it. You can kind of assess, oh, we've been there before, or maybe we're here now. And, um, yeah. So, one, I think a big part of it is just taking each other for granted. Um, You're just starting to expect things from your spouse instead of appreciate things Mm -hmm. from your spouse. And when we start to do that, nothing ever really is up to par. (laughs) Once everything becomes an expectation. Um, Maybe we're living separate parallel lives where I have my things and I'm doing them and Elisha is his things and he's doing them. Uh, maybe we're just bored in our marriage. Going back to actually that separate parallel life thing, it's kind of like we stop wanting to go out of our way for our spouse, hmm. like we did when we were dating. And we'd rather, like, our commitments, our outside commitments, our hobbies, our interests, our work, whatever it is, is more important than, and our spouse just seems kind of like this nuisance that's getting in the way. Wow. Of, okay, this is my life. And like, I have to bump over to your life to help you out and bail you out. Um, And then maybe just fighting over the same things over and over and over. So those can be some things that maybe define a itch where you're starting to feel a boredom or a fatigue in your marriage and kind of don't know what to do about it. Well, okay. That's actually kind of sobering to hear you list those things out because like you said, regardless of what year you are in your marriage, I think there's a propensity or or potential, a real probability sometimes for that to occur in any marriage. And even as you start listing off uh, like the outside obligations or outside um, commitments, it's crazy how I think early on in our marriage, you and I so quickly said no to things that did not include both of us. Because like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to spend a night away you know, for my wife. Or I'm well, I was not... a really needy wife, so I think that's why. No. <laughs> I'm I... not coming. You're not going. <laughs> and I fa- fast forward to, you know, here we are six years later, how much quicker I am sometimes to say, oh, yeah, it's just one night. Yeah, I'll go do that really quick. And on one hand, there is like some, uh, there can be a blessing in that comfort and security of like, oh, Katie, there's like, it can come from having a deep reservoir where it's like, we, there's a lot of fat on the bones. 
Katie and I both agree that this is a, a worthwhile event or a worthwhile trip. And so I'm going to do it. But I don't want to get flippant in those decisions because I think that even over the last year, I have become a lot, and maybe both of us have become a lot more uh, flippant and committing to things that take us away from each other. And that, and ultimately that can just lead to, like you said, that living that parallel life rather than the united life. Yeah. And it's interesting, like when I think back to when Elisha and I were dating, it wasn't going out of my way to do anything for him. That was like what I wanted to do. And I think there are seasons where we go in and out of that. And this is the cool thing. And I think this is a really important thing is I think that sometimes we hit a wall in our marriage where things get really hard or very boring, one or the other. Sometimes if it's hard, it can be almost more engaging because you're like, okay, I got a problem here. I need to fix the problem. Hmm. If it's just kind of like vanilla, then it's like, well, what do I do here? Nothing's broken. What do I need to fix? Yeah, exactly. Like nothing's broken. And I still, I'm not feeling a lot of joy here, a lot of excitement here. Um, what was I even going to say with that? Oh, with the whole seasons thing is that all marriages go through these seasons. And I think the lie that the devil wants to put in our mind and plant in our mind is that, Oh, there's something wrong with your marriage Hmm. or this isn't the person for you Hmm. or this just isn't meant to be, or you're never going to figure this out. Just busy yourself with other stuff. If you're going to, you know, stick it out, it's not worth working on. And, we can go through this over and over and over. Healthy marriages go through bored seasons in their marriages where they mm-hmm. have to work through it. And healthy marriages go through hard seasons in their marriages. And so if you're in that season, just sticking it out and sometimes going through the motions, doing what we need to do to get on the other side, is going to lead to a lot more rich and healthy relationship than if we never gone through that. Mm-hmm. So not all marriages are at a 10 all the time. And I think that it's important that we don't start comparing our marriage's low season to another marriage's high season and think, oh, well, there's something just like critically wrong with our marriage. Hmm. That is profound, Katie. And, you know, I think something that we, that hopefully this goes without saying, but I'll say it anyways. When we talk about the divorce rate, how it increases around that, you know, six to seven to eight year period in marriages, it's like, we don't, as Christians, like divorce isn't a part of the conversation in our marriage. It's not like, oh, I hope we don't get to seven years and then want to get a divorce. Uh, but clearly something is happening in these marriages that are not submitted to God and his law that is making them want to get a divorce. And even though divorce isn't an option and that we're going to stay committed, I would still rather work through things that lead some other marriages to even divorce so that we're able to live in a marriage of far more joy and I think fulfillment and satisfaction. So again, even anytime divorce is brought up, it's like, well, yeah, as Christians, that's like a totally, it's where we put ourselves in a different category. You know, it's not like, oh, it's really hard not to get a divorce. I guess Christians, we don't say like, yeah, it's really hard not to steal from the local grocery store now, you know, then it's so much harder now to not steal than it was two years ago. It's like, well, yeah, you still don't steal, you know, from, from the grocery store. And I get one's legal according to our, the laws of the land and one's not. But of course, as Christians, we submit to God's law and his moral, moral righteousness. And that covenant made between him and the way he views us as married and there's nothing that we could do legally to change that. But I think ultimately, I don't want a marriage that, I mean, we've all seen these marriages where they've been married for 25 years, but 
they hate each other's guts. Oh, yeah. They've been married for 25 years. You know, they're married on paper, but there's no intimacy in mm. their relationship. And they're just in the same home and share the same last name, but there is no unity in that marriage. And yes. that's what I want to avoid uh, in yes. our marriage. I agree. Just staying married doesn't always produce a fruitful marriage, mm -hmm. but you can't have a fruitful marriage without staying married. And so staying married is like the baseline that for as Christians, but in addition to that, or growing from that point, like what you were talking about, we want to learn how to work through things that are actually strengthening and deepening our marriage and, and, and making it far more satis, uh, satisfying and joyful. And the things that you said, Katie, I think are so true. I was thinking about that um, just a couple days ago on how, how much despair we can feel in a day, in a week, in a year in regards to our marriage, in regards to our faith, in regards to our parenting, or in regards to outside relationships, and how, like, I don't know how to not, I feel like we've always heard these quotes, and they sound kind of cheesy, but I think there's so much profundity and truth behind these, and that's like, you don't know, like, what's on the other side of that challenge or that hardship, and so often when we toss in the towel, you know, when people do that in marriage, they just miss out on the fruitful, joyful, like just fun thing that was on the other side of working through that. And you and I have experienced that and you just straight up can't experience that if you're not willing or not um, going to work through something together in your marriage. Yeah, I do think of that quote. We've said this a lot on the podcast, but it sticks out so much to me. And that is don't make a long-term decision based off a of short-term emotion. Hmm. And our emotions can seem so potent in the moment where it's just like, we're never going to get there yes. ever. I just know it. I know it. I know it to my core. And you do. You can. Yeah, you can. You can. You don't always, but you can. And uh, yeah, just making those long-term decisions can be so detrimental to our, our lives. Um, and again, there's a lot of ways to opt out of, there's a lot of ways to throw in the towel on your marriage. It's not yeah. always throwing away your wedding ring. Um, a lot of us do that just by sticking in the marriage and emotionally disconnecting, right. saying I'm done, you know? Yeah, something that I thought about, and I even wrote it down um, wow. when we were talking about this, which is pretty serious for me, um, is that just like us as people, our marriage is never going to be the same. Like there is no, I think in the introduction I said, you want your marriage to get better, stay the same or get worse. Well, stay the same. It's like that doesn't happen. Like just we know that our human bodies are changing every single day. Like just the new cells that are created. Isn't like isn't it like in the billions or something? Like I mean, I know, don't want to go on record for saying it. I'll go on record because people know I'm an expert in biology. So, yeah, there's billions of new cells created in your body every single day. <laughs> the point that I'm making is that our bodies are changing, which in, in turn does affect the way that we think, even though our souls, our minds, our bodies, like they're different. They're all connected. Um, for, for example, like when our bodies grow older, we don't think as much like we don't think, oh, going out and, you know, playing tennis or going out and jumping on the trampoline sounds like so much fun. We don't think that way anymore because of where our bodies are at, right? Yes. And so the way that our bodies change does affect our thinking. Except for tennis. Old people do love I know. That's why I changed to jumping on the trampoline. So I was like, <laughs> I, feel like, say, like yeah. I feel like someone who's been married for 60 years is going to be like, I love playing tennis with yeah. my stuff. Oh, yeah. And more power to them. I love. I, 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 They're okay. so good at it. They are so good at it. Okay, don't derail me from my point here, Katie. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> the, the point that I'm saying is that like 10, you know, say whatever, 15, whatever, 10 years ago, it's like, you could be like, oh, all I want to do is like go off a rope swing and do a triple backflip and then time goes on and you're like, okay, like that doesn't sound as fun anymore. And a lot of it's due to like your body changing and it affects the way that you think, right? So how does this relate to marriage? <laughs> so we are changing. The point that I'm making is that we, our bodies are changing and therefore we cannot have a stagnant mindset towards our marriage or expect that it will stay the same unless, or, or get, not get worse without us proactively putting systems in place and taking action that is going to greatly benefit our marriage and enhance it and pour into it. Um, and so I think that a lie is like, oh, seven years from now, something bad must have really happened if like the marriage is, is stagnant. It's like, well, no, maybe just nothing happened, but you grew apart because you are changing, you are growing, your thoughts are changing, your feelings, your emotions, your desires are changing over that time. And so if you're not proactive and changing them together and change and growing together and fusing them with your spouse, then I think inevitably you're going to grow apart. Yeah, that's good. So jumping into kind of like some things that are hopeful or things we can kind of look at as far as, okay, maybe we're feeling this in our marriage. You know, I think I felt this probably when we were in Hawaii. Did you feel this too when we went to Hawaii? Yeah, that was, that was crazy. We've already talked about it. We too. have talked about it, but that was probably the biggest time we're sitting on the beach. And I was like, we just like this. We should be having the time of our lives. And I feel like we're both kind of bored and wow. mad at each other. And like, what is wrong? Okay, so I'm glad to say we are not in that place today, folks. And that was our six-year anniversary. It happened a year early to us. <laughs> no, it didn't. I would say that we probably felt this way. I probably felt this way more at like year three. Hmm. Or you know, I think this has been the best year of our marriage. Oh, I, I think so too. You better agree. <laughs> you had better agree. <laughs> said that I was like oh oh I think so <laughs> okay <laughs> keep your happy okay so um the first thing I wrote down is growing yourself I think especially if it comes to a season where we're feeling bored often growth has stopped and we aren't really excited with our lives even on a personal level maybe our growth and our faith has stopped and we're just kind of relying on old verses we've memorized mm. or you know the fact that we end up at church every Sunday somehow and then go home. And we just, we don't have a vibrant living faith. Or, I mean, that's the number one thing. If we want a healthy marriage, that has to be yeah. where we are growing. Um, and the Lord will change our heart towards our spouse. And then, or even growing ourselves and like being interesting and learning new things, trying new things, getting out of our ruts and routines and things that we've fallen into that where we're just bored with ourselves and don't like ourselves because often like if I don't like myself, I often will take it out on Elisha. What? You do that? Come you on. Know, you, know, you know that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm it's sure like, I do the same it's thing. Like you're just like disgruntled and unhappy with your life and the world tells you, okay, it's your part it's your spouse's fault. You need to go out and you need to get some excitement in your life outside of your spouse. Hmm. As far as like pursue a different relationship or, you know, that's the issue. There's no novelty in your marriage. But I think often a lot of the stagnant times in our marriage, I haven't been growing myself as a person. Hmm. And that's been something that's like different than, it has nothing to do with Elisha and I, you know, it affects our marriage, yeah. but it's not contingent on our marriage. Wow. Wow. It affects us, but it's not contingent on it. That's actually crazy. 
exciting to think about how many things that we can improve in our marriage when we just basically take ownership of growing ourselves and our faith in, you know, like you said, trying to do things that are interesting. Like, like what I, what I think I'm interesting, like what I like to hear about the things that I'm learning and that I'm growing in. Um, well, yeah, like I think Elisha, okay. So Elisha's always been very interesting to me. That's a big reason why I wanted to marry him mm. is you're just a very interesting man oh. and you're hard to get to know. And I kind of like that. Oh. And, yeah. Wow. So, but I will say this year, you have just grown in intrigue for me wow. with how many things you've pursued that are like this whole completely new side of you hmm. that I've never seen before with all of the hobbies and interests you have going on right now. And I think I would feel differently if I felt like you're putting those hobbies and interests before me or the kids. Sure. But I feel like you've been able to really make me feel loved and the kids feel taken care of and still find the time and made the time to start pursuing these different interests that you have. Hmm. And it just, it's really inspirational to me to see you do it. And it's very interesting to hear what you're learning about and the cool new stuff you're pursuing. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm grateful that you feel that way. And I know that I've looked to you as doing the same thing, um, early on in our marriage is that like, if there's something that you really wanted to grow in, or like there's a class that you want to go to or something that you want to study, you, you wouldn't do it at the expense of our family. You would always, you know, make me feel so prioritized and loved. I know that you would always prioritize the children and then you would maybe get up an hour early. You know, or you would do it when the kiddos are down for nap naps after, you know, you had done what you felt like were, were your obligations and what were your obligations. Uh, and so I feel like that's 100% how you've been in our marriage. And there's always something that you're working towards or working on that I'm excited to hear about and I'm, like, interested in hearing about. Yeah, I'd say for the most part, Elisha and I have learned are always learning new things and then we bring them into our conversations together mm. and so there have been seasons where we've gone through stagnant conversations and we yes. feel like okay we're out on a date night and it's like really there's nothing new to talk about let's <laughs> just talk about what Susie wore to church on Sunday you know what I mean like that's what I resort to so it's like okay this is really lame and boring and uninspiring basically yes. but for the most part I feel like we've gone out and have new ideas and so then we come back together we have these fresh new things to talk about even mm. if I'm not involved in what he's doing or he's not involved in what I'm doing uh there is this like oh this is what I was working on or this is what was hard for me or whatever mm. and we're able to talk new ideas and yes. so I think that that's been a big part of bringing like fresh water and fresh energy into our marriage mm. it's just growing ourselves uh, I think something else is showing interest in their interests and doing something and, and if maybe if they have interests that like you can't possibly fathom being actually interested in you have to take it your way then starting something then starting something new together and having those shared interest yes. everyone says that but apparently we need more of it in our marriages yeah you know what's crazy is that i mean if there's like an over like arching theme to maybe the seven year edge, it would, well, actually, I don't know if I can sum it up in like one word, but I think some, some factors are like maybe kind of becoming humdrum or boring or stagnant. And I was thinking about early years in our marriage or just various things that actually fuse relationships together. And a lot of times I think it is sharing not just experiences, but experiences that, um, evoke 
emotions and emotions really do drive you towards relationship. And hopefully that's, you want it to be with your spouse, right? Because if you go through emotionally charged situations with somebody that's not your spouse, that's of the opposite sex, it can then start to be a conflicting relationship to your marriage. And like this, and, I'm, and I think that this happens sometimes not in unhealthy ways, but you just like see it happen. Like if you go through a dramatic experience, you know, I think about like when we were, but saw that car accident happen, Katie. And it's like, there was us and like a few other people that responded before the ambulances got there and they were able to help the injured people. It was like a really traumatic experience. And you felt like this instant bond with the truck driver and the other people that were helping people get out of the cars. And like, you know, you're dealing with blood and all this stuff. Like, that's crazy. Like, and you feel this bond. And that's like an extreme example of having an emotionally charged situation kind of like bond you together, but I think Gosh, oftentimes like searching for Rex. No, <laughs> don't do that. We need to help these people. Yeah. But I think yeah, that oftentimes right. those emotional um, situations can happen outside of the marriage more than in the marriage. And that oftentimes leads to a conflict and there being a, an emotionally dry marriage that can come from the workplace. You know, if you've got like, you're like, Oh, we don't have any common goals as spouses. Well, you've got common goals with your coworkers a lot of times, and a lot of times the wins and the losses and the highs and the lows are shared on such a team level. You form those bonds. And so you've got to create those in marriage um, so that you can have those shared emotions and shared experiences. Okay. I'm like having the biggest smile because I, okay, what comes into my mind? I don't even know if it's a good movie. Is it like John? Uh, it's like something in Kate. Hmm. Right? It's like this couple, they like rob banks or something. Oh, yeah. What is that? Like fun with Dick and Jane? Yeah. <laughs> fun with Dick and Jane. Yeah. Okay. I'm not recommending that because I think we watched it when we were first married. And yeah. I, I We've grown know. a lot in our standards. Well, since no. Then. It's more like I have no clue what happened. But what stuck out to me was after watching that movie, Elisha and I, we didn't go out and rob a bank, but we like put on our... Um, we put on those black masks yeah. and like we got like nylons basically put them overhead cut out little holes for our eyes and we sat on the couch it was terrifying looking back and we made this like hostage video mm -hmm. and then we snuck over to my parents house where they were watching a movie we put licorice all the way from the top of the stairs where they were watching a movie all the way downstairs and they have a 5,000 square foot house we like ran it all the way to the back bedroom where on the TV we plugged in our computer and broadcast it on the thing, which was our like video. We're yeah. like wearing all black with yeah. our masks on. Okay. So we went a little far because that was, my that family was... was terrified. Yeah. And it was just supposed to be a joke. Like we thought they'd instantly know it was us. What we were impressed by was that we were able to sneak into their house and set up this elaborate, like get within two feet of them and not have them see us when yes. we drove home. But we went a little far because the video, I guess, was a little scary. And well, also, they they probably, I don't, we could have easily gotten shot, too. That was not <laughs> oh, smart. Oh, my word. That's not true. But it was adrenaline-inducing. Yeah, but it was a blast, and we had so much fun doing it. Yeah. And it was like this break-in that wasn't a, a bad break-in, you know. You could, but... I don't know. I just doing stuff like that just for the fun of it. Now we didn't have any kids at the time, so we weren't like Holland Lena and Lucy. Hmm. I could see us doing something like that. Absolutely, but I do think we would be more like safe. I don't want to put us in a situation where we could get oh, shot yeah. we or we're like going to get shot. Yeah, or just like I don't want to overtly break the law. Like I that wasn't overtly. Yeah, that's what I'm law. saying. So I do think that there are really fun things to do no, as a was, couple yeah. that aren't like that that you can get a lot of adrenaline from. 
And if it goes wrong, you don't end up in prison, you know? Yeah, my parents weren't going to prosecute for us putting licorice on their stairs. So it worked out great. But it was just something, like, totally fun, something totally out of the ordinary. Yes. Um, Okay, so doing stuff together that is fun and maybe a little thrill-seeking. Okay, and then saying your thanks for everything. This is so simple, but Elisha is so thankful to me for laundry, for food, for, like, the bare bones things that you could say are expectations. I mean, I am a housewife. I stay home all day long. That stuff should probably be getting done. And I just don't feel like he ever takes it for granted. Mm -hmm. And as such, I don't feel like he ever takes me for granted. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's something we can really kill the joy and the intimacy in our marriages by taking out those, uh, by having expectations instead of part of thankfulness for what our spouse is doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I truly am grateful for those things, so I don't have to make a point, but I'm sure there are some other things that I'm prone to becoming expectant towards in our marriage, and I certainly don't want to do that. Um, just because I don't, yeah, like, I, I know I don't deserve any of these things. You know, like, I don't deserve it. Um, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve the, the effort you put in towards me or towards our family. And so I really am grateful for those things, and and, I, and I'm grateful that... Uh, I'm grateful that in general, I, I truly do see it that way. Like, and I know that there's times where I'm tired or oblivious or, you know, maybe apathetic towards a lot of the effort that you put in and that doesn't make you feel good. Um, but I just, I know that I really appreciate you in general. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you too. So I think that those are just some basic things. Obviously, when it comes to intimacy, that's like a whole thing in and of itself. Hmm. But Elisha said, actually, when we were starting this, he goes, I think we should name this podcast Money, Sex, and the Seven-Year It. Yeah. <laughs> well, people will click on it, but what, what, what are we going to talk about with the money and the sex part? Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, yeah, it is like those are obviously such... Uh... They're, they're big time catalysts towards divorce or just like relational hurt. Yeah. And, um, and so it's not that those things individually shouldn't be talked about because I think they should be talked about oh, yeah. obviously a lot and considered, but I would also think that those sometimes that, that I, there's a heart behind each one of those things too, you know, that I'm hoping can be, uh, grown towards each other, you know, where those are just kind of like those things, you're the way you view money, the way you view sex, your sex life, your your money sometimes are just the outpouring of where you're at, like emotionally with your spouse and where you're at emotionally with the board stuff. So. Yeah, but I think like if it's coming to boredom or something like that, we've talked about this a lot, but it's just, it's up to us to make it fun again, mm-hmm. make it come alive again and create some variety and create some um, novelty or adventure there. Yes. And it can happen. It does happen over and over and over again. You just, it just takes effort. And something that I think is really important are two little brain exercises. One is to go back to before your love was unconditional, before you were married. And what did you do before you felt like you deserved or were entitled to your spouse wow. and their unconditional affection and love and interest and devotion wow. and all those things? Yes. I know that I do that and when I feel like. I'm entitled and it's good to go back to, okay, what was life like before it was unconditional? Because at that point it was fun for both of us Mm. because we were both seeking out the other person. And when Elisha and I are in a marriage where we're 
both seeking out the other person. We're in a season of that. It is so fun and vibrant. Wow. And then the other thing is, what would you do if, okay, say your spouse is out of the picture and you started dating again? What would you do differently than what you're doing now? Hmm. Because I guarantee you, you know, I'm speaking from a woman's perspective here, you would put more effort into your parents. You'd have your home clean if you had who X, Y, and Z over because you're wanting to put your best foot forward. Wow. You know, you'd do so many things. You'd be interested in the really boring basketball game that he's talking about. Hmm. You'd do all these things and all people are the same. As far as we all sin and we're all going to have issues and say it's not with your spouse, it's with someone else, you will have the same, you will hit the same wall of boredom or lack of novelty or hard times with them. And I think another lie that's out there is that, oh, my spouse is the one creating this situation. Mm. But every relationship has that situation. You know, if it's a guy, if it's a different guy, he's going to probably go through the same things where he's not going to open up. maybe, Or he'll still be tempted by beautiful women. Or maybe he'll still be insensitive. Like, all these things, like, he's still going to get on your nerves sometimes. He's still going to sin, right? Or if it's a woman, um, she's still going to get insecure sometimes. She's still going to nag <laughs> at times. She's still going to question you at times. Like, these are, at our weakest levels, we all share the same problems. Wow. And you finding a new woman is not going to take away the facts that your current woman is, like the weaknesses that your current woman is struggling with. Wow. And like pouring into her and loving her and making her feel vibrant is going to drastically change your marriage. And I feel like it's the same way with your husband. You know, you being... Or me, you know, being a safe place for Elisha so that he can open up and um, like bringing out the best in him is going to have the same response with anyone. Wow. And so just watering basically the grass where, where we're currently planting can give us the richest, greenest lawn that we could have ever imagined. That's crazy, Katie. It's so funny because I never heard that uh, thought exercise or that example of like, okay, so say your spouse is out of the picture and you want to, and you're going to go dating. At first, you like brought that up, and I was like, what the heck? I don't like this hypothetical scenario. Yeah, it's not fantasy. No, no, I got you. And you went down. I was like, that is so true. You're so right. Like, if you're like, okay, I'm going to go win this person over. I'm going to put my best foot forward. Um, and then you start identifying things that you're not doing for your spouse. And you're like, well, no wonder there's, we're lacking a spark. No wonder they're not feeling appreciated. They're not feeling loved. Or, and so that was, that's so interesting to think about. And I know. I thought it was kind of funny, but then it's like at first, but then I was like, I don't think there's actually anything wrong with that. Cause you instantly realize it's like having someone come over to your house or someone come over to my house, I should say. And as soon as I invite someone over for dinner, I'm like, wow, there's like urine around the toilet bowl. And mm -hmm. like, I did not notice that, yeah. you know, or there's stuff all over the walls and I did not notice that. And as soon as you're like, okay, it's not my husband. And I'm trying to impress someone else so that they want to unconditionally love me and devote themselves to me. Mm. It's like, it just is an instant, like, oh, wow, I am not I am not up to that level. Wow. Like that's not going to be easy for anyone to do right now. Wow. And I think you realize the effort that your spouse has to put in. And I've done that before. Wow. And they're like, wow, I, I, I actually has to put in a lot of effort 
to love me right now, and I want it to be easy and fun. In general, it is, yeah. <laughs> For some of the time. Uh, it is so sweaty out in this garage, you guys. I feel like I keep, like, trying to peel the hair off my neck or, like, wipe my face from sweat. So if you get those awkward things, I don't just sound like nervous twitches. It's literally, like, 90 degrees out here. It is. We're, do we're recording this midday on a hot, yeah, summer, midsummer day. And uh, we're feeling it. That's also why you maybe hear some more outside noises than usual, too. There's far more cars driving by and far more kids poking their head in the garage door than to normal. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. Wow, anyway, So those are some things that I wrote down when I started thinking about this whole seven-year-ish concept. Wow. I'm inspired. Seriously. Like, I, I thought, yeah, this is not – it's funny. When, when I brought up this concept, you're like, oh, I don't know if I, like, would have time to come up with ideas. I was like, okay, well, like, let's just sit down and – Maybe we can just kind of, you know, like have a conversation around it. And you brought – those were action-packed points. I'm, I'm inspired. When I don't have any idea what I'm going to say, I end up saying more because hmm. I put time into thinking about stuff I'm going to say. Hmm. If I feel like I have a pretty general grasp of the podcast or the topic, we just kind of wing it more, you know? Wow. Yeah. Which you clearly did. You just had a good grasp. Well, why did you say it was clearly that I was winging Well, I don't see any notes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's true. It's not like it's clear to me, but you said you wrote something down, so. I did, yeah. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you shared everything you shared, and I think that this was a great topic to bring it up. It was. It was help. It was so helpful for me to, to think through some of those scenarios, and, uh, and, and yeah, again, I don't, it's, I think, I don't need to say this, but I think it's, it's still maybe worth saying when you're saying, you know, take your spouse out of the picture. It's not this weird like, oh, it's an option to take your spouse out of the picture. But say like your spouse died or something. You know what I mean? Like say – or say you're a single person. You don't have kids and it's never happened before. Like and you go through that thought exercise. I don't I, – I, that could come across as weird maybe. I don't know. I don't and think it has to. I'm just, I'm just saying if you were going to attract someone. If yes. you were if you were back in the attraction mode, yes. what would what you're doing be attractive? That's right. It's not so much about the uh, anyone being mm -hmm. there. It's just would you be attractive to yes. someone, and would someone want to pursue you, or would it be effort to pursue you? Wow. That's more the thought process. It's definitely not a like effects Y and Z walked in the door. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I mean, I don't know. You're my you're my dream man. I'm your X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you're my X, Y, and Z. Nice. A, B, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Uh, yeah, and it is fun to think about <laughs> to when we were dating and there was that real, like you said, there wasn't that unconditional love. We were not bound in or you know, joined in that covenant, that holy covenant. Um, and there was the real fear of loss. There was that fear of like, ah, they they are not mine right now. They like I want them to be mine. And you were far more, or at least I was far more willing and eager and excited to go above and beyond to really prove myself. And even though, yes, we're in this covenant and I'm not going to lose you to someone else and your affection is not going to be directed towards someone else, I can lose, I think, um, I can lose like an element of our love and the deepening of our relationship. I can lose emotional connection with you. I can, I can lose... Um, like it's, you know, there being more intimacy in our marriage if I'm not pursuing that and trying to win it. And I feel, I mean, you're like, this year, I feel like you've written me more letters than ever in our life. Like you've mm. written me so many letters. You brought me so many flowers. Wow. You get up before the kids and like, you know, I wake up to little notes in the bathroom and 
Oh, you're, you've just been so thoughtful. And wow, man, Katie. Making oh me feel gosh. good about myself here. Well, that's because you're making me <laughs> feel so loved. Uh, so I just, I feel like you go out of your way all the time for me. And even like, you know, even like, okay, I'm going to say this for husbands because I feel like this is something Elisha has really done for me is if your wife is maybe a little dreary and burnt out and like she's not this peppy, cute, fun, sparky girl that she used to be, that says a lot about like, yes, I think we should all take responsibility for ourselves. But I think like Elisha has given me the room to rest and to recharge and to have the energy to put into making myself fun and happy and excited, you know? Mm. And sometimes it might not be through a fault of like your wife that she's not getting all cute and everything. She might just be like really fried Mm. and tired and exhausted. And maybe you're fried and tired and exhausted, but like it always starts with one person, you know, and me creating space for Elisha to feel like he wants to, you know, love me and him creating that time and space for me to want to go above and beyond for him can really, can really contribute yeah. and start that. Yeah. Start the ball rolling. Start the ball. Yeah. Rolling. Cause sometimes yeah. we're just, you know, when you're in this stage of little kids or maybe you're starting a business and starting a family and doing all of that all at one time and you're both just fried to the bone. Like we've been there where we're just like, neither of us have anything to give. Mm-hmm then someone does have to go outside of like, you have to go into the negatives yes. of your reserve. Yeah. You have to go get, run get, on fumes. Yeah. To give bar your, on the credit card. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Give your spouse some kind of energy. Huh. Um, and then don't expect something back too quick. Cause you'll just snuck out the spark. You yes. work so hard yes. to get flaming, you know? So I get it could be really, really hard and it's so much easier said than done. But, um, it's an encouragement anyways. It is. It's You're something right. that you've done. You've gone way past the bottom of the barrel for me to get oh. me revived again. Well, the return has been more than what I deserve. That's for sure. <laughs> and even more than I bargained for really. Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, we're so grateful for you yes. and hopefully we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. May your marriages be itchless. Okay. <laughs>